0: Welcome back to the Hockey News, American Pipeline podcast presented by BetMGM and McKenny. I'm Mike Stevens. Sitting virtually across from me is Sydney Wolf. Sydney, how you doing? How was your week?
1: Doing pretty good. It's kind of weird to think that now it's November. I mean, what the heck? We've already had a full month of college hockey and other hockey and even longer in some leagues. So it's really weird to think that it's November already.
0: Yeah, time really is a flat circle. Like it's just, it's insane that it's already even, you know, like we're recording this on Thursday. It's, it's insane to think about that it's already that like, it's, I don't know about you, but when, when you get older, time just seems to really speed up. And I don't know, I'm only 26, but I feel I'm starting to feel like, you know, my days are numbered. Time is time is just marching along. It's crazy. But, you know, we have, we have more than enough time here to talk about everything that's happened in the, as we like to call it, the American pipeline of hockey, you know, the the NCAA, USHL, you know, all of that. And, we have some NCAA and USHL performers of the week that, that you pinpointed, Sydney. So why don't you take us through a couple here, and we can uh, we can dive into them.
1: Yeah. So obviously, like the league picks out their own performances of the week, but we just took more than that because normally there's only one or two per league or per just division, mm-hmm. whatever you want to call it. So we just picked out a couple that were some of the big performers of the week, some USHL, and then a, a couple NCAA ones. But starting with USHL ones, I know everybody's been hearing this name, but Macklin Celebrini, again, has just been killing it in the USHL for the Chicago Steel. And he's not even draft eligible till 2024. So he's just already, you know, making a name for himself right now. And this past weekend, he had four points in one game against Green Bay, three goals and one assist. So that's pretty crazy. You know, he's really young playing in the USHL. He's not draft eligible for another you know, not next draft, but the one after that. So I think he's going to be a really, really great player. That was a big performance, four points in one game. Um, So that was really cool to see, you know, getting the hat trick and then tacking on another assist. So that was awesome. And then Chicago Steel teammate was one of the other Mm -hmm. ones, Chicago Steel, as we've tapped, or as we've talked before, uh, they've been a real powerhouse of a team. They've got like pretty much all the Top leading scorers in the league, including Nick Moldenhauer. Again, Toronto draft pick. I it's know we talk talked of the about town him. lately. Talk of the town. He just committed the other day to Michigan, which I know I heard some rumblings earlier this spring. That's where he was going to pick, but then I, it sort of quieted down a little bit, and then he did officially commit to Michigan this week. So that's another huge commitment for them. I mean, but it, he it really was came awesome as a shock. Week.
0: It really came as a shock because I believe his agent slash family advisor uh, once played for Michigan back in the day. So I'm sure that didn't yeah. back into the decision at all.
1: Yeah. So, you know, I don't, I don't really know how all that works out, but he mm-hmm. did officially commit there. Um, which was big, because obviously he's one of the top players that I'm sure he had offers from probably everybody. Mm -hmm. Um, But he'll be heading to Michigan. But he also had a huge weekend, four points in that same game, just reversed. He had one goal and then three assists. So just flip-flop from what Celebrini had. Uh, So another huge game from him. The Steel have some really, really good talent this year. Uh, So that was awesome. And I believe Moldenhauer is leading the league in scoring last time I checked. So Toronto fans, you've got a really great prospect coming through the pipeline. Moldenhauer is going to be really good. And Michigan, you know, has so many good players right now, and they're going to get him in the future. So they have some really, really good prospects uh, coming their way.
0: All right, let's go. Next is Kurt Carter Mazer? Mazer, Sorry. Yeah. You even, you were nice enough even in here to put in the, the pronunciation and I well, still blew it. So just take it away.
1: I just did that because Carter Mazer. So I've been confused on his name too. I've mm. heard so many people because he played in uh, the World Junior Tournament 2, I believe, recently, and he's one of those players, everybody said his name a different way. So I went to the line chart, took exactly how they spelled it out, because that's mm-hmm. how I was going to say it for pronunciations, but Carter Mazur, he's a Detroit Red Wings draft pick. I think we touched on him... In one of the past shows. But I think we he, did in our first
0: episode, yeah, yeah. Yeah,
1: he's part of a very dangerous Denver squad that won the national title last year. So obviously he's already going to be good. He had a huge freshman season last year. But this past weekend in two games against Miami, he had seven points. So that's... That's enough. a lot. No, excuse me, not seven points, sorry. Five goals in two games. I was reading the next line. He has well, another teammate way. that's on this list. But five goals in two games, and both of them were the game, game-winning game goals.
0: Incredible. So, wow. I mean,
1: that's... he's. He's a really good player. And again, that's going to be an awesome prospect to watch if you're an NHL fan. Five goals in two games. That's a lot of goals. Uh, That is a lot of goals. They were technically the game winning goals both nights. So that's that's pretty awesome. And what I was going to say about the seven points Mm. is his teammate is actually the next one on this list. Massimo Rizzo, who we talked about when we previewed Carolina's uh, team profile for the NHL. He has seven points in two games. Uh, so, again, Denver had a really big weekend against Miami, Ohio, not Miami, Florida for anybody mm-hmm. who hasn't been keeping up with them. But um, they had really big weekends. So Mazer with five goals, Rizzo with seven points in two games. Those are really big point totals for college hockey. You know, if someone has two goals in a weekend, that's a really good weekend. So these players had five goals, and then the other one had seven points. So that's really huge. Uh, Denver... I think they're going to be a powerhouse again this year. Some people weren't so sure, but those two players really, really good this week. And this next player, I think is really interesting because this is a player that actually isn't drafted. He's not a draft pick, um, but has had a really good showing. And I think he's going to be a very uh, big free agent here in the coming years. It's Ryan McAllister of Western Michigan, which... Looking at his stats from last year, I don't think people should be too surprised. He's been doing really well. It looks like he had over 130 points in 60 games for Brooks of the AJHL. Um, So it's like, oh, well, that's insane. How did people not know he was going to be like this huge incoming freshman? I don't know. But he had five points in two games against Michigan, who we've talked about. Very good college hockey team. Mm -hmm. I believe Western Michigan lost in overtime. I think it was both nights. So they didn't win the games, but he had five points as a freshman in that weekend against a very, very good Michigan team. So that's really cool to see. Uh, if he can keep it up, he's going to be one of the top freshmen in the NCAA because he is right now. But it's still early, so mm-hmm. don't want to predict anything. Okay. But that's that's a really, really good start for him. And yeah, he seemed he's kind of a player I didn't hear anyone talk about before this year, and now he's kind of blown people away a little bit, which is cool. So we talked about uh, some NCHC teams, and now going over to some East Coast teams. Alex Laferriere, mm-hmm. I believe is how you say it. Uh of not Harvard. the guy on the
0: on not the guy in the Rangers. I made yes. the mistake Very when he close. was drafted. Very different. close. Yeah,
1: close name. Mm-hmm. Um, but different person. He plays for Harvard. He's an LA Kings draft pick. Uh, Harvard just started playing this past weekend because the Ivy League team started playing. They play later yeah. in the season than the. Than other teams do but in their opening game against Dartmouth first game of the season two goals two assists in one game and I think that means he had a hand in four of the five goals they scored that night so that means you're a huge part of the team so obviously that's just one game one of two games they played this weekend but that's a really big performance for him so really cool to see that a player to be excited about if you're LA fan and then one of the last ones on here I have another name people are probably familiar with Lane Hudson I know there's been a lot of hype about him this summer for the draft and all that stuff uh, of Boston University, uh, scored both goals. So there's only two goals scored for his team in this game. He scored both of them, um, and one of them was the overtime game-winning goal. So it was – I think it was 0-1. He tied it up, one one, and then the game-winning went overtime. He scored the game-winner. So it's like Lane Hudson doing everything over there for BU for them to win over UMass Lowell. So a couple of East- – East coast schools there, but he had a really big night. So it looks like he's living up to the hype right now.
0: Yeah. I mean, if you ask like Habs fans, Land Hudson is, is a guy for them. Like he's someone that's extreme. They're extremely excited about, you know, one of those guys, one of those picks somewhat even in like maybe the, the Debrincat kind of realm where, you know, people re- will, will one day go like, how did they not, how do we not pick this guy? How did he go so late? You know, he's undersized obviously, but I mean, this is, this is, that's a, that's a big performance. You know, everyone was going to, gonna be watching to see if he could keep up this production and and uh you know like sort of his size wouldn't limit him and here he is you know continuing to uh continuing to do do some really good things all right who's the NCAA player to watch in your eyes
1: yeah hopefully? so in this week I cut or every week now I want to kind of just pick out a player mm-hmm. player to watch player to keep your eye on because that's fun to do there's so many players why not pick out a couple and this player's been doing really really well so far this year Jimmy Snuggerud I'm sure that last name is familiar to some people he's got tons of mm-hmm. family members if you look up on him on any stats page it'll say like related to this person this person this person his his dad Dave was a, a really good hockey player so familiar name to a lot of people he's only 18 years old but he plays for Minnesota and the Golden Gophers uh, and he's been really good it's hard to be a freshman in college hockey but he's done it really really well I think he's second in points on their team is only a freshman nine points in eight games he's just been key for the Gophers so far and they're gonna have some tough matchups here as a lot of teams headed to conference play so I think he's a player to keep your eye on it looks like he's set up to have a really big freshman season he's had a couple of really big games so far so keep your eye on Jimmy Snuggerud because I think he's he's gonna have a really big year uh, and he's really, really good so far. And he's a St. Louis Blues pick. So any St. Louis fans out there, you also got a really, really good uh, performer coming up here through the American pipeline, as we like to say on the show.
0: There it is. There you go. Um, we, you know, the the college hockey performers of the month, you know, they were announced yesterday. Uh, it's like, you know, we're going to get to, you know, the goalie of the month and everything. But we need to t- spend like a minute or so just solely talking about what Adam Fantilli is doing. Because what this this draft class, yeah. this 2023 draft class is coming in here. First of all, any team that has traded their first their first round pick is going to be kicking themselves. Because what people have, are describing this draft class as is a kingmaker draft class. The kind of like that at the depth at the top of of the first round is going to like there are potentially a couple franchise changing players. One of them is Adam Fantilli, who is you know he is not necessarily I think going to overlap Connor Bedard because what Connor Bedard is doing is pretty nuts as well, just in junior hockey, opposed to the NCAA. But what this kid is doing as, as a freshman in college hockey is bonkers.
1: Yeah. I mean, I don't know either, if anybody's going to pass up Bedard, but Fantilli has given him a run for his money, at least, you know, having teams there, if they think they're going to be in the running for the first round pick, they're going to, they might actually have to make a tougher decision than they, than they think, because there's a lot of, like you said, really, really good players coming Mm -hmm. up for this year's draft. And, Uh, The College Hockey Commissioners Association, that's a mouthful, but just came out with their Performers of the Month. And it's not often you get a Rookie of the Month and Player of the Month, the same Mm -hmm. person, much less the first month of college hockey that they've ever played. Like sometimes it'll happen later in the season. Once they're like a little bit used to it, you'll get one. But I can't even remember a time there's been the first month of a freshman's year, their Player and Rookie of the Month. So that's how big... Adam fad has been so far. He not only leads all freshmen, he leads the entire NCAA uh, in scoring as a freshman. And as a young freshman, he's not like a freshman coming in who, you know, is is a little bit older, like some of these other college players. So in eight games, he has 18 points. So pretty good, pretty good. Um, So he's just been really, really good. And then runners up for the award where Carter Mazur, who we already talked about, Ryan McAllister, we already talked about, and then Blake Bennett of AIC also has had some really good points. I'm sure we'll mention him on future shows. But Adam Ventilli, man, really, really good, and uh, yeah, he's got a bright future ahead of him for sure. Is,
0: is this the best like college hockey debut? we've ever seen
1: i don't know it might be if he can keep it up and just keep it going here at least for the next month because first month you know it's just a couple of games but if he can keep it up for november and for the rest of the fall and winter then yeah i think it might be uh on track there because that's a lot a lot of points for a freshman but another player that earned their other award from the college hockey commission Commissioners Association, or HCA, I believe mm-hmm. people use that. Uh, this one was actually surprised to me. I'm a St. Cloud State fan, but I was kind of surprised to this. Dominic Bassey, men's goaltender of the month. He's a Chicago Blackhawks draft pick. He earned this award, which it is deserved. I just didn't think he would get it. I don't know. I wasn't thinking about it, but I'm excited because I'm a St. Cloud fan. Uh, but he's 4-0, and so he's won every game he's played. Uh, 1.25 goals against average and a 0.945 save percentage. He just transferred over from Colorado college where he played the last few years and he's had a really great start. So huge props to him. I'm excited about that, but he gets the first HCA uh, goalie of the month honor. So that's cool.
0: Very cool. Another a couple other performers of the month, Um, you know, whether it's in, hockey east uh or the ccha but one is ryan verberg of yukon i think it's a i think this is a great story because he's he was picked last like he was the last pick of the leafs in the seventh round in that 2020 draft um uh, that, that was done all virtually the second day that took like 11 hours it was it was insane um but a funny story is that like he just because of the the lack of like actual tape that you could have on on these players because you know COVID had shut down most of their seasons and and things were everyone was kind of flying blind here like his dad was sending like leaf scouts like sort of highlight reels of his son just desperately being like you know this is what he can do and the leafs picked a uh they picked a guy you know in the seventh round and everyone thought all right well i mean they're done like it's it's over and then they made this random like seventh round swap with the Bruins like that just was so it was came at like, again, it came at the end of like this nine hour day and was like, oh no, this is like, like, it doesn't matter. It barely ever registered. And they chose Ryan Deverberg with it. And now this guy has done nothing but like become, I'd, I'd say probably the the team's most underrated prospect. He almost made the world junior team last year. You'll likely do that this year. He's, you know, he he's, he's, you know, he, he's really showing his medal. and here he is 11 points in October. Like you said, he's the hockey East player of the month.
1: Yeah, so he's had a really great performance for a UConn team that's been kind of sneaky. They actually mm-hmm. have been moving up the rankings, so they're starting to get some more of that uh, clout from everybody on the internet, but they're actually a pretty sneaky good team, and he's had a really good showing so far. He's 11 points in, in in nine games, so more than a point per game, which is really good. You know, His first year in college hockey, he played 14 games, had seven points, so decent for a freshman last year did pretty good, almost a point per game. And now is lighting it up in the, in the early on in the season. So it'll be cool to see what he can do because yeah, if you get him in the seventh round and he ends up being a really good prospect, that's a, that's a pretty good steal in my opinion. So that's cool. It's
0: huge. I I just love that, you know, like he was, he was literally like almost the last pick of that draft and he's continuing to you know surpass people who were picked two, three, four rounds ahead of him. I think I just love those stories. Another one, AJ Vanderbeck from Northern Michigan.
1: Yeah, so this is actually a player that's one of those one of those older players actually mm-hmm. that uh, is just going to be a free agent, but I think is going to be pretty dang good. He's actually twenty five, uh, so Ooh. he's one of the one of the older players in yeah. college hockey. But uh, he's a senior this year, or excuse me, I think a fifth year, fourth year, because I don't think he played in his first year with Ohio State. So I don't, I'm a senior of some sort. I don't know if he has a fifth year eligible or not, um, but he's been lighting it up. He's got thirteen points in nine games. So he's the CCHA forward of the month. So a ton of points on there. And he has a league leading 52 shots on goal. So that's a pretty good stat. If you just want a player who's just going to take as many chances as Mm -hmm. they can, and a good chunk of them are going to go in, that's going to be the player that you're going to want to see. And I I bet there's going to be quite a few teams uh, after him after this season, if his eligibility is up, which
0: I think it will be, but he's been really good. There you go. All right. What's your team to watch moving forward here?
1: Yeah, so every week now, or some weeks here, I want to pick a team to watch. That might be a team that's sort of like a sleeper team a little bit. So this past week, I thought it was just going to have to be Arizona State, which you know, there's been there's been tons of talk about Arizona with you know Mullet Arena and the NHL team, but the college team I think is actually going to be a a really, really good team, actually. Mm-hmm. Uh, you might not see it right away when you look at their overall record. They're 5-4-0, but they just came off a really big upset win against North Dakota for the Hockey Hall of Fame game, which huge win for them uh, to mm-hmm. beat North Dakota. I know the North Dakota fans were not excited about that because they had a lot of fans there. Uh, and if you look at their games, though, the games they've lost have been really, really close. Uh, actually, two, I think, of, the, of their losses have been in overtime, so that's almost a tie, basically. Uh, so they've been really, really close in a lot of these games. Uh, they swept Colorado College, which is huge. And then this week they'll play Alaska Anchorage at Mullet Arena. So I assume that'll probably be a sweep for them. Mm-hmm. Uh, but they actually hit the transfer portal really well and picked up some really, really good players. I believe their top two scores are actually both from the transfer portal and Robert Mat- Mat- Mastro Simone, I believe is how you say his last name. Kind of long. I'm sorry if I said it wrong. But it's oh, him and then Lucas Sillinger, who was also a transfer, one of Bemidji State's top players last year. So they're mm-hmm. leading the team. They hit the transfer portal, and they hit it really well. They sort of hit a jackpot there. But they have a really strong team, and they're, you know, my my team to watch. So I think they, they'll probably get a sweep this weekend, and I think they're going to be moving up the rankings. So keep your eye on Arizona State because I think they're good. And I think Mullen Arena – could be a fun place for them to play, honestly. Absolutely.
0: I mean, potentially they're the best team that plays in their own rank. So that's uh that's pretty interesting to watch there. All right, top five games of the week.
1: So these are just uh quick games we're just gonna touch on games that are happening this week. Here's my top five games that you should be watching this week in college hockey. Number two, Denver plays number four St. Cloud State. That's gonna be a battle of a game. They're playing it in Denver, though, so that's always tougher for the for the away teams. Mm-hmm. Boston College plays Merrimack. Merrimack coming off a big upset win last weekend. So they got some steam going. So I think that actually might be an interesting matchup, although some people might say it's not. I think it is. Two really big, big 10 games. We got Penn State playing Michigan and then Minnesota playing Notre Dame. Those will both be really interesting to see what happens there. Penn State is undefeated so far, so we'll see how they do against Michigan. And then Minnesota, you know, they've had some ups and downs, but are still really high in the rankings. We'll see how they do against Notre Dame. And then the last one I have on here, UMass versus Providence. I think that's going to be a a really big, you know, Eastern-U.S. team matchup, especially for the standings, depending on if one team's able to sweep. So those are the top five games of the week, in my opinion. I think uh, those are going to be really fun games to watch in college hockey.
0: Now, now, just before we get into our next team profile, some interesting little notables here. And one is that the Omaha Lancers were fined $20,000 for flying back from a tournament. What's going on here?
1: Yeah, so that was just released this week. It was sort of a weird situation. I think the team actually put this out first, if I remember correctly. They put out like a press release that said, hey, we were fined this amount because the fall classic where all the USHL teams, you know, get... Get together. They all play each other early on in the fall. It was in Pittsburgh this year. So it's pretty far for a lot of the teams mm-hmm. on, on the Western side for the USHL. So the Omaha Lancers, I believe, bust to the fall classic, which all teams are supposed to bust, you know, all the time, they're not supposed to fly. Uh, but they actually made the decision to fly back uh, from the tournament, uh, just because it sounded like in their press release, they didn't want players to miss more school or things mm-hmm. like that. Um, So I'm not sure exactly the situation, uh, but they said, you know, we stand in our decision and they were going to try and get the league to rethink the rule, but they were fined 20 K as it stands today. So that was pretty big news because that's a lot of money for junior hockey teams. You know, that's not money. They can just easily shell out and pay. So I'm not sure what's going to happen there, or if the league's going to rethink it, we'll have to wait and see.
0: And then another ones: the national team development programs. Gabe Perel commits to Boston college.
1: Yeah, so that was the other big commitment this week, aside from uh, Moldenhauer, is BC, I think, has the entire NTDP first line committed now. It's Perot, Smith, and, and Leonard. So uh, BC, if you're a BC fan, that's you got some really good players coming up through the pipeline. You better be excited because you have some really, really good players. But I bet if you're on the NTDP and you're like, hey, we're going to BC, do you want to keep playing really well with us? Come to BC. I'm sure that's got to be you know, a, a factor to it, but they have a really good recruiting class coming up here uh, and they just added another star player. So good for BC.
0: It's a good deal to make. That's for sure. All right, let's get into our team profile. This one, this week, we're doing the New Jersey devils so have quite the pipeline of NCAA and USHL uh, prospects. Let's start off with Artem Schlain.
1: Yeah. So I actually think New Jersey has quite a few really good prospects in this mix. They're all NCAA. I don't believe they actually have any USHL players as of now, but Artem Schlein, he plays at uh, Northern Michigan. He was actually a transfer. He played for Connecticut the past two years, six foot one. So pretty good size center from Russia. Uh, I believe he's technically a college junior. He played his younger hockey at Shattuck St. Mary's. A lot of players coming out of there that are really good. Uh, And was a fifth round pick, I believe back in 2020. His first and second years were pretty good points-wise, but I think there's just more to his game for him to really, you know, pop out or make himself just a little more flashy, get some more points production-wise. But he's had a really good start to the year this year. He has nine points in 10 games. So maybe because he transferred, maybe he just needed a change change of scenery, change of teammates. I'm not sure that helps some players. So, you know, he's done pretty well, uh, but I think he's got another level he can still... Achieve. So we'll see if he'll be able to do that for Northern Michigan this year. Uh, because he's had a pretty good start.
0: So that's cool. There you go. All right. Then there's Patrick Moynihan.
1: Yeah. So this is a player from Providence College, which I think is another pretty good team this year. Uh he's got four points in seven games played. He's five foot eleven. He's uh he's a right wing from Massachusetts, and he's currently on the top line uh for PC, which is a good team. So being on the top line means you're pretty good. Uh, six-round pick back in 2019, was a former National Team Development Program player, which, again, means you're pretty good. Yeah. Uh, this is his fourth year at Providence, so I think he can opt to do a fifth next year if he wants. I don't know what what his plan is, uh, but so this is his fourth year, and his best year so far has been 25 points in 38 games. So good points production, but kind of like Artem Schlain, I think he still has another – you know, he, he can – hit another gear still, you know, there's still something he can probably keep working on. So we'll see how this year goes for him, or if he elects to have a fifth year, but still a really solid, uh, a player to have in your pipeline.
0: And then we have a smaller defenseman, uh, you know, from, from Michigan, but he's born in Miami who was actually a second round pick in 2022 It's Seamus Casey
1: yeah, so New Jersey has a couple of really good players from Michigan, which mm-hmm. obviously have a ton of really good prospects on their team. The first is Seamus Casey again. He is a little bit smaller, five foot nine, but that's okay. We've been seeing smaller defensemen do very well lately, so that can be totally okay., uh, he's got nine points in eight games so far, so really good points production wise. He's a freshman too, so putting up that that type that's of huge. points as a freshman, really good sign. Uh, he was previously on the National Team Development Program as well. So, again, that means you're a really, really good player. Uh, and funnily enough, the next player on this list mm-hmm. is actually his defensive pairing teammate in Luke Hughes, which I'm sure everybody knows Luke Hughes. You know, yeah. he's one of the names everybody always talks about. But they're they're both going to be going to New Jersey. So I think that's good news if you're in New Jersey because you have a little bit smaller Seamus Casey and then Luke Hughes is definitely – on the taller side, obviously he was very high, I think fourth overall, yeah. so very high point. level prospect and people know his brothers, obviously. Uh, and he's a sophomore. So people weren't sure if he was going to come back for a sophomore season. He did, which I think is actually a smart choice just to keep rounding out your game, keep getting better. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year he had 39 points in 41 games. So great freshman year. Uh, I assume he'll probably start playing pro after this season because he probably could have lasted after last season, but decided to come back. So I assume he'll be done after this year, but really, really good start to the year to eight points in eight games, point per game so far, uh, World Junior Cup player, and also the regular World Championships. So, you know, I mean, he's a great prospect, and I'm sure all the New Jersey fans are already excited about him. Just keep being excited because he's still really good.
0: Yeah, he's, look, he's looked really good against... You know, all different types of competition, whether it's grown men, whether it's uh, you know, world junior stuff or whether it's co- collegiate players. I think, you know, everyone's there's a reason why everyone's really high on this guy. Um, all right, then there's Ethan Edwards, also from Michigan. He's also a defenseman.
1: <laughs> yeah. So actually I actually mixed this up. So Casey doesn't play with you. Casey actually plays with Edwards is what mm-hmm. I was gonna say, but they're all in the same team. So that's why I got mixed up. Please. Please excuse me to anybody oh, listening, but... I'll
0: forgive you. Don't worry. Don't <laughs> yeah, worry.
1: but they're all on the same team. You know, New Jersey really likes these Michigan players, apparently, so it can be hard to keep up a little bit. But Casey actually plays with Edwards, so they're on the same defensive pairing. And then I think Luke Hughes is on the top pairing right above them. I'm trying to picture the line chart in my mind. Uh, but Ethan Edwards is actually a little bit of, of a less flashy player compared to the other two. But when you're getting compared to Luke Hughes, you know, it's it's hard to live up to those standards. Yeah. Um, but Ethan Edwards is five foot 10. He's from Alberta, fourth round pick in 2020. Uh, He's a player I assume will probably just keep playing in college and keep rounding out his game every year. He's got one point in four games played so far. Last year had 11 and 36. So pretty decent, but you know, it's probably just going to keep going through college. Should probably play four years to just keep growing his game, keep rounding out his game. But him and Casey seem to be working really well together on D. So New Jersey has a really good defensive pipeline uh, coming from Michigan. So if no you're kidding. if you're a Devils fan, I guess you're just a Michigan fan now, I guess, because you, you might have as three, well be three solid prospects on, on the team. So those are those are all the Michigan people. We're done with the Michigan
0: people now. Or the well, you know, Michigan. I mean, if there's a pipeline you're going to pick from in college hockey lately, it's probably going to be Michigan. They've graduated a couple very good yeah. players.
1: Yeah. So they have three Michigan prospects. They're all defenders, but they're all very good. So,
0: and they're all varied in types of game, you know, one, you know, like, like Luke Hughes is the big six foot two, you know, like D then Seamus Casey's the shiftier five, nine. And then Ethan Edwards is more of a defensive focus, but five ten. there's some variety there, you know? It's not yeah. Bad.
1: They have some variety, but same team, they're players that are going to play with each other. So if you expect, they're all going to be playing, you know, at the NHL level, they're already going to be familiar with each other, which mm-hmm. can be a really beneficial thing too. If in the future in your lineup, you have all three of those guys. And let's say Casey and Edwards on the same line again, they're already going to know how, how they play, which I don't think that would happen, but we'll see. That can never cool, know though, um, because you're already going to know each other's playing style and, and how you're going to react and, and all that stuff in the game.
0: Precisely. All right. Switching over to BU. We got Chase McCarthy or case, sorry, case McCarthy. Uh, yeah. Two points in seven games.
1: Yeah, so Case McCarthy, again, another defenseman. I guess New Jersey just really likes getting defensemen from the NCAA because I think almost all of them on this list are defensemen. Yeah. Um, so they really like the NCAA route for defensemen, which, Clearly. Is, which is good. Um, but a bigger guy, six foot one from New York, round four pick in 2019. This is his fourth year at, at BU. Again, he probably could opt to be a fifth year. I'm not sure what his plans are as of now. Last year was 14 points in 29 games played. So decent point production, nothing like crazy amazing though. Mm-hmm. Uh I believe he does play with Lane Hudson, which is cool. That means you're probably pretty good. I don't think they're gonna just pair any player with Lane Hudson, you know, because no. he's obviously a very right. high-level guy. Uh and Case McCarthy I think is sort of like the bigger guy compared compared to Lane. You know, it's you got one bigger defenseman on the pairing and then one sort of smaller one. So I think he's sort of like the bigger more defensive guy and Lane, you know, has been scoring a lot of goals and it's sort of the smaller, probably quicker guy. So they're kind of a fun dynamic uh, to watch for BU. So it looks like, again, another pretty solid defensive prospect for New Jersey.
0: All right. And then we're, we're going down to our final two here. We got another defenseman, Charlie Letty, this time from Boston College.
1: Yeah. So another big defenseman, six foot two. He's from Connecticut. 1.5 games played was a round four pick, I think, this past draft. So pretty recent was on the national team development program so again that means you're pretty good not just anybody can make that team he's only a freshman so you know I wouldn't expect him to just be like crazy points 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 this year because a lot of people most freshmen besides the one we've talked about on this mm-hmm. podcast that have been you know lighting it up it usually takes a while to get acclimated a little bit but Charlie Letty if you look at his stats from the NTDP it looks like he's just not really a goal scorer guy I think he only mm-hmm. had like two or three goals for the NTDP, but he had a, t- he had a lot of assists. So he's not probably going to be the guy that's like shooting the puck to score all the time, but he's good at setting other people up. And I'm sure he's very good defensively. So again, another pretty good prospect, but is a freshman, so might have some time to adjust this year at, at BC.
0: There you go. And then finally we have Victor Hertig, a European uh, plays in Michigan States from Sweden, another defenseman.
1: Another defenseman, mm-hmm. but this one actually is the biggest one. He's six foot five. So big, big dude out there on the ice. Uh, and big guy. He doesn't have any points yet, but only four games played. So I wouldn't really worry about that yet. Uh, he's from Sweden, sixth round pick in 2021. And he's a freshman. So again, I'm sure he has plenty of time to develop in Michigan State. They actually have a really good. Uh, some really good commits that are going to be coming up through Michigan state in the next few years. So they could actually be a fun team. And he probably is going to have a lot of good teammates to play with in the next few years. Uh, He looks just kind of like from his stats, like that typical, you know, big defenseman, that's likely not going to be putting up like crazy points every night, not a ton of crazy points production, but is probably a good, you know, big defensive player, maybe an enforcer, you know, just that bigger dude, that can, that can help out on the back end. So they got kind of everything if you look mm-hmm. at these defensive prospects, which I think they all are, except for the first two that we talked about. They had one center and one wing and then the rest of them were all defenders. So they got kind of everything. They have smaller defenders, bigger defenders, guys who can score, guys that are more defensive. So they they kind of, have felt out all of college hockey and just sort of been like, we'll take one of this. We'll take one of this, which might be smart because then you never know. You might, you might get one good player of, of all kinds, which is probably good to have in your defensive core. If you've got defenders that can do lots of different things and have different specialties. So overall, I think a pretty, pretty decent prospect pool for new Jersey the NCAA.
0: All right. Well, there you have it. That's everything, uh, you know, in the American pipeline this week. We'll obviously be back next week to break down another team, go through, uh, you know, recap everything in the week, and then also look uh, look to the week ahead as well. Um, it was great to do this again with you, Sydney. Love to do it every week. Uh, can't wait. It's going to be a good one.